0: Only on sports radio 92.7 FM WFNZ. Straight fire. This is the Wesson Walker Show.
2: Even the crowd knows what's coming next.
0: There's so many times. I tried to lead off Wes and Walker with something pertinent to the show and then Wes drops a bomb and says something crazy, which I don't feel comfortable repeating, but I'm shook immediately. This is what happens too many times doing Wes and Walker. But these are the people I work with. Wes coming in and just dropping something crazy right before we get into the show. We can mention it maybe later on. I don't even know if we want to dive into that. It's Wes and Walker, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. We're with you from 12 to 3pm and you can text us Along the way be a part of the journey By texting into the garage door guru text line 704-570-9610 <laughs> See you threw us off base Like here we are trying to get into the show And right, you gotta right, say a comment hardcore. like that yeah. <laughs> that's just, I'm trying to lead with the substance Because we got a lot Yeah, We yeah. have a lot of content to get yeah. to So like we already packed the bags I mean we have a lot to unload off of the, the bus The Canes play on TNT tonight that, That's true That's true the hurricanes do (laughs) we're starting with your comment and carolina hurricanes talk all right let's do it hit hit the imaging let's get off the bus open the doors fitty No, that's all right. We're not ready for it. We are off to a great start here on Wesson Walker. (laughs) It is a seamless transition into it because we do have Matt Rule news. We have goat status, quarterback news, and we also have some Frank Reich audio to go over. Let's try it again. Just a little door jam. That's fine. Sometimes buses have problems, but we can still get off of it just like right
2: now. We look good getting off the bus. There it is.
0: I got something to say. So sometimes you try to get ahead of the rundown the day before. You might put some topics in there. You get some guests, and then it all goes to shambles because of the news that drops either later or just a couple of hours before you get on the air, and that's what's happened today. Speaking of some of the breaking news, how about former Panther head coach, you may have heard of him, Matt Rule. He filed an arbitration suit last week against the Carolina Panthers, and the suit claims that the Panthers are refusing to pay Rule severance compensation following his firing from Carolina and then subsequent hiring at the University of Nebraska. This all from a write-up by Jonathan Jones of CBS Sports. And so just to give you some more clarity in the suit, filed on January 25th, Rule seeks to received the offset money he claims is due to him from the panthers and the suit doesn't allege specifically how much money rule is seeking but contract terms indicate there's roughly five million dollars in dispute to put it all in a nice bite-sized sound for you Matt Rule is suing Carolina for five million dollars because of some contract language in there. Man, we got some negative stuff coming out about Matt Rule once again. Like you have some you have some kind of beef now between Matt Rule and David Tepper, and we've seen David Tepper be a part of beef before especially business-wise right. with Tepper Sports and Entertainment. Hello, Rock Hill. I'm sure you're not too thrilled <laughs> still with David Tepper. What do you make of this news coming
2: Yeah, up? I mean, is this negative news for Matt Rule or is it negative news for the Panthers? This sounds it's like a great question, this sounds like record-labeled industry type of stuff. The artist is owed money and, and wants their money back because most of the time in pro sports, I mean, these guys print money. They pay whoever, however much they owe them and tell them to get on. So this was a bit wild when I saw this. Uh, This is the third most recent arbitration case. We can talk about Gruden and Brian Flores, and now we have this one. And so uh, this was wild to read it. I don't think it's a good look for the Panthers. It just seems like every time you turn around, there's some type of negativity going on uh, with this football team. So,
0: yeah, and and it's a great question you bring up because I don't know – if people have the answer to that question. Does it look bad on David Tepper? Does it look bad on Matt Rule? Does it look bad on both parties? But we know that there have been changing hands with, or there are money changing hands problems with David Tepper before, with Rock Hill, trying to do the whole, trying to bring up, um, you know, put the practice facility down there, and then we know that debacle. Now we have this, where Matt Rule feels like he's owed money, and as much as we can joke about Matt Rule, very easily so where a lot of people are saying, hey, Matt, you actually owe me money because I spent tickets to go watch some games at Bank of America Stadium and you ran this team into the ground. And the jokes are all well and good. I am absolutely here for them. But if it is a part of the contract, then David Tepper might need to go ahead and pay up that $5 million. Now, there is a a point in the contract that says if you go get a job where you actually have an incline in your contract to where you make 20% more than the previous year, then that kind of offsets what you're supposed to be making from Carolina. And so that is the rule that David Tepper is going to. Honestly, probably need more information on all of this before we do have an answer to your question that you asked. Yeah. But man, just hilarious once again between both of these parties. And you're right, more negativity uh, more negativity surrounding it all. Here's some positivity if you are a Tom Brady hater. And it depends on how much you believe in this news. <laughs> but Tom Brady released a video on social media. He did not leave it up to the Adam Schefters and the Ian Rappaports of the world. He told you himself on social media that he is retiring for good this time. Here's Tom Brady making that announcement. for supporting me, my family, my friends, my teammates, my
2: competitors—I uh, could go on forever. There's too many. Um, thank you guys for allowing me to live my absolute dream. I wouldn't change a thing. Love you all.
0: Is it bad that I believe him? I know a lot of people think Tom Brady's coming back and are throwing those jokes. But, Wes, I think Tom Brady wanted to come back because it was hard for him to reconcile leaving the world on top. Because Tom Brady had a great season yeah. the year prior. This season, he did not. And it's why it's so hard for a lot of these athletes. It doesn't. It's not impossible. You have seen some cases of it. Our debated running back Barry Sanders is one who left the league on top of the world, being one of the better running backs of all time. But Tom Brady left. As one of the best QBs of all time, and it's still going to happen, but he didn't play his best this year. There's no doubt about that. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers weren't a great football team, and if they were in any other division, they just might not make the postseason. But they did. They get beat down in the NFL playoffs. So I believe it. I don't think Tom Brady wants to go through all of that again just to have some mediocre season, certainly, compared to his standards. I believe Tom Brady hanging him up for good this time.
2: Yeah, I do too. And um, when you look at what I was looking at as you were talking to me was the Instagram post. Uh, That he made along with the plethora of pictures that he put inside of said post. And that makes me think it's real as well because it's a trip down memory lane. And um, he might be wanting to get his woman back. Just keep it real, okay? You know, we've seen Giselle out dating and all that stuff. I've not
0: taken any kind of paid any kind of attention to that have we seen that yeah yeah
2: she's she's been out doing a little bit doing a thing looking like she's moving on and mm. you know how that goes and she might not have moved on but she might be trying to show Tom like keep messing around and this is going to be your life and i think time is uh you know after he finished that post he picked up that phone and said baby i'm done <laughs> <I> do, <laughs> come I on do, back <laughs> i do love
0: this text from a 980 number saying turn off the background music laughing crying face emoji and the reason he puts that and it's hilarious i like the idea of the deep cover instrumental playing in the background of Tom Brady's retirement video. Yeah. How you have deep cover instead what is supposed to be the (laughs) sentimental moment where Tom Brady is moved to tears reflecting over his NFL career and here we have deep cover with Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg in the
2: background. Because I think he still could have uh, gone to another team that was a little bit better built and sure. still put on and had a great season. I thought it was a strong possibility he could be suiting up for my Niners next season, and I was very excited about the possibility. Don't you got enough this. quarterbacks over there, man? Well, you know, it's some injuries going on over there, man. In 12, you know, he could have finished his career, put a nice bow on it, took mm-hmm. us to a Super Bowl next year, and then call it a day. But, um... Secretly, that's what I would wish, but I think it's up for real this time. Um, you know, I think he's had enough.
0: Uh, Mike from Mooresville said we have to listen to this jerk on Fox next year. I'd rather see him stay. I can't imagine. Now, how do you think he's gonna games. be? Well, I is that is that actually confirmed that he's yeah, doing he got, that? they paid him 340. But but they but they felt. But I know that. But they also had Greg Olson. I would imagine they would put Tom Brady. Yeah, they talked to, talk to him
2: about that because they said right. if he comes, Greg Olson's Dunske.
0: Yeah, which would be awful. Greg Olson is fantastic. Yeah,
2: he 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 commented on it. He was like, I'm a big boy. I can handle it. You know, I, I understand what the situation is because you paying him 340 He ain't coming in to be number two, the number two <laughs> broadcaster. He's taking over that number one job. He should be behind Greg Olson. But and- do you think he's going to be good <sighs> just off the top of the yes. dome? Because I said to myself, I don't think he's going to be that good.
0: I don't know. I love Brady. I think Brady, he has enough just... personality, but, Fitty, you think he's going to be good?
1: Yeah, because, I mean, the guy knows football, so I think he'll be able to do what, what Greg Olsen does, which is break down football, explain the verbiage and stuff like that.
0: But is he going to be critical? But no. Drew Brees wasn't good. Yeah. Drew Brees knows football. Drew Brees is bad.
1: Yeah. He's also a stick in the mud, though. Like, you knew that from your time covering yeah, Drew Brees. I don't you know, think that. I, I think no, Drew I think... Brees got personality. No. From his yeah, yeah, pregame yeah. chance. With yeah, maybe when he's
2: on Bourbon Street. I now, think Drew Brees had a lot of charisma and personality. I mean, maybe to
0: lead a team to a, a game-winning drive or something like that, <laughs> but not to be good on television. Nah, I'm, I'm with you. Like Tom Brady does seem to have more personality, and he's but willing to that. But the thing is, is he going to be
2: critical? That's what I wonder. Is he going to really uh, say the real? Yes. Oh, that. That.
0: See, now that's actually something. I do think he's going to be. I if do he think, does that, then I think he'll be great. Yeah. I think Tom Brady, he's had no problem being critical before. He'll call you out right now. He'll go to his offensive linemen and chastise them right in front of everybody here, right now, in this moment, if you want him to. Right. So but I we do,
2: can't, he's not going to be saying that to 80, 100 million people that will be watching these games. That's what I want to know. He's going to say what needs to be said? I, I do. I do
0: think Tom Brady would do it. I think ultimately he'll be good. I do. Okay. The problem is, Greg Olson set the bar. Like he's, Greg Olson's amazing, and he put training in by the way like that's one thing that's understated with greg olson he would do a lot of these guest appearances he would work the combine the nfl network gave him some tryouts and so greg olson really refined that craft during the offseason
2: tom brady really isn't doing that well i was wondering too you did romo and he off the bat was good yeah i didn't know that he's 340 good like i was like this did tom do a secret like try out for them for them to know that this is what they wanted, or they just say he's the GOAT we're gonna put him on TV regardless of whatever the case is yes yeah.
0: That's okay. how it is. I mean, because Peyton Man- it's the same thing with Peyton Manning, and then yeah. Peyton is so revered, he gets to choose his spots. Yeah. He gets to do what he wants to. Everybody wants him to where he gets to have this crazy broadcast, the Manning cast with his brother on ESPN, because they want him so badly. All right, we talked a little bit about some of the breaking news storylines that were coming in um, right before we really hopped on the mic, but I do want to go back and then go over some Frank Reich sound, David Tepper, Scott Fitterer. We got a lot. We're actually bringing back a segment. We haven't brought back... Oh we haven't done in quite a while. Keep sounding, baby. The corniest segment of them all. We're going to get to it next. Get ready for the sound effects. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. (laughs) (laughs) Weston Walker, Sports Radio, 92.7 WFNZ. How well set up is the Panthers organization now compared to the rest of the division? With all of the changes, Frank Wright coming aboard. We have so much uncertainty surrounding the quarterback position. Tom Brady now leaving the NFC South. And that Tampa Bay roster, it does not look well set up for the future. But how well set up is Carolina? You can text us via the Garage Door Guru text line. Oh number to text is 704-570-9610. That's always been the saving grace for this Carolina team, right? If If you view this team having dysfunction within its veins, the thing that saves it is the fact that it's within a division that was not good at football last year and that Tom Brady was always going to leave at some point – And this seems to be the time that he is not going to be quarterbacking in the NFL anymore. So you get rid of what was still clearly the best quarterback in the division. New Orleans is down bad. They're not bringing Sean Payton. We don't know what Dennis Allen is going to do with that squad. And Atlanta, as much as I like Arthur Smith as a play caller, I do think he is a bright offensive mind. I do like some of the philosophies that he shares, heavy play action, it's not like I look at Atlanta and say, okay, that's that's a scary team of the future. They still got work to do. It's always been the saving grace for Carolina, West. So I do think that whether it be because of what they've done well or what the other teams in the division have not done well, it does seem like Carolina has a real shot to capitalize on some advantages
2: here. At this juncture, yes. Uh, the offseason, we never know what it's going to bring. We never know what these teams are going to do. But the way it stands today, February 1st, 2023, it does look like the Panthers are in good shape to be able to seize uh, this division because you look at the quarterbacks, and I posed a question pre-show. You know, right now, is Sam Donald the best quarterback in this division? Oh,
0: goodness gracious. Did
2: you ever think you'd say that? But at this juncture, you probably have to say yes. Uh, no, bro. Or it's like our, is the quarterback that they draft automatically by default going to be the best quarterback in this division or have the most potential because you look at it, Atlanta with Ritter, uh, the Saints with Taysom Hill, maybe Jameis is still there as well. Well, your boy, I mean,
0: Wes, you got to stick with your boy, Andy Dalton, after the whole debate that we had. You you can't back off Andy I'm Dalton just saying, now.
2: Could it be? I mean, I'm not sure about his free agent status, whatever the case may be, because when I saw the tweet about this very topic, they had Taysom Hill. They didn't have Andy Dalton. As their guy, so I don't know if he's going to be a free agent or what. So I would still say I don't, I don't know. Man, Tampa, Tampa's surely going to try to do something at quarterback. I don't think they're going to just stand pat with Kyle Trask.
0: Well, Wolfpack James wrote in: "There's no excuse for Carolina not winning the division next year unless one of the other teams goes and gets Aaron Rodgers, and that's going to be a very similar feeling that a lot of people have because you don't have, I mean, because Carolina." has weak competition within this division and and this is what we've talked about quite a bit right you have enough of a foundation to where it doesn't seem like this is going to take forever to rebuild and sam darnold remember it's not even a guy that's under contract right now 704 number wrote that in as i was saying it too. sam darnold not even going to be on the team for sure you still have that decision to make so not only do you have qb uncertainty here with the panthers but you got it all across the board every single one of these teams desmond ritter marcus mariota Jameis winston Taysom hill andy dalton i don't even know for tampa bay i don't know what they're gonna
2: do because what if just throwing scenarios out there. What if somebody threw Sam Darnold a bag to come over? Not a big bag, but a decent enough bag to get him the lead. And then what if somebody falls in love with Anthony Richardson and they move up and they pick him? And then the Panthers just are just sitting there with no quarterback. So you'd have to go Matt Corral. I mean, that's a plausible scenario. There's
0: a lot of people that believe Matt Corral is the answer. (laughs) I'm saying that's a plausible scenario. That's what I have learned on this here. So, yeah, you got to be
2: aggressive. We're assuming how the draft might go. We know the mock drafts always will lead us down a path, especially when you see continuous mock drafts with the same guys Mm -hmm. in there. But there's scenarios. There could be somebody that gets hot for Anthony Richardson and – Moves up and picks him or or Levis or something like that, man. So there's a lot to be said before you could just 100% unequivocally say that the Panthers are going to run this division now. Oh, yeah. There's a lot that needs to go down.
0: And it's because the first hire in the David Tepper era went so horribly, horribly wrong when they decided to name Matt Rule. Now, here is David Tepper with our first soundbite of the day, outside of Tom Brady, of course, in the opening segment. David Tepper said he made a mistake with the CEO type
2: hire
1: is and i made this mistake you know i think it's a mistake to have a ceo
2: type head coach okay that's a mistake just in general that's what i kind of believe so i think you want to get somebody who's really good on offense or really good on defense
0: so a couple things with this i don't know if it is a mistake hiring a ceo type of coach i mean this is kind of telling to me wes we're starting off with a pretty insightful soundbite in my opinion Mm -hmm. Because if he felt that it was a problem hiring a CEO type of coach, how much does that apply to his way of thinking regarding Steve Wilkes, who was not going to be calling defensive plays? Seemed like that was going to be Al Holcomb, his defensive coordinator. Or does he view Steve Wilkes as a defensive guy? Because he is. He is absolutely a defensive guy. And so maybe David Tepper is saying, we didn't really know what Matt Rule was. Offense, defense. He had his hands in both pots. So whatever. All right, fine. Now you go to Frank Reich, who is clearly an offensive mind, and we were asking the question whether Frank Reich is going to call the plays. To me, it feels like David Tepper certainly wants him to. That's the the vibe I get from this soundbite. If you don't want a CEO-type coach, if you think that was the mistake, I view the actual coach you chose was the mistake in Matt Rule. I don't know if it was just the guy overseeing everything around the organization. I don't know if I disagree with that philosophy, so to speak, because we do know it's hard to call plays and run the entire franchise. I think it was Matt Rule specifically that was the mistake. But here, I kind of look into this, and I'm thinking, man, David Tepper wants Frank Reich to call plays. I know Reich is going to want to do that as well. We're starting to get some of that. I know Will Kunkel had a conversation where Reich said it's likely going to happen. But it seems like this was the plan all along, Wes.
2: Yeah, it does. And so – I think it's just all circumstantial because if they go get Sean Payton, would he have been a CEO head coach type that he would have conceded to um, as well? So, again, like you said, it was a very telling soundbite. We've already seen some things as to where they're having some disagreements on who the defensive coordinator should be, who does Reich want, who does Tepper want. So um, it is very fascinating to see how these things are going to play out, and I think it's very clear at this point that Frank Reich will not be uh, have that CEO type of control. Well,
0: and and you bring up the defensive coordinator conversation where and I know Josina Anderson had a thread of these tweets maybe a couple of days ago, right in the fire of all of the coaching hiring processes, right? Because we see D'Amico Ryans, he's going to be the coach for the Houston Texans. We didn't even get to Sean Payton, by the way, huge news. We are going to talk about that. At some point in the show with Sean Payton going to the Denver Broncos, the compensation that Denver had to give up in order to get Sean. But you're talking about Vic Fangio being highly regarded, the number one choice for Carolina as a defensive coordinator. Um, But there being differing opinions on ownership and with Frank Reich there because Marquand Manuel is still out there. Gus Bradley, I know, has been mentioned. What do you make of the Josina Anderson thread that we saw on Twitter a couple of
2: days ago? Yeah, I mean, it's just... It's just very confusing because you would think that a head coach should be able to, at least the way I think it should go, I think a coach should be able to come in and hire who they want. I don't think it should be ownership's job to dictate to them who they should have on their staff because at the end of the day, the owner's always going to be there unless he decides to sell the team. The coach is there as long as he is winning, so he needs all the tools. He needs all the ingredients necessary to make this good soup. You know what I'm saying? Walking that good stew, he needs that.
0: Is is it a sign of being old that I like soup a lot more
2: these days? Do you like probably? Soup?
0: Yeah, I, am I getting too old?
2: I do like soup, but i probably especially I might eat soup once or twice a year. Oh, maybe if that <laughs> well, you don't you don't even eat it, and you don't soup even soup just like reminds it like me I'm
0: sick. I I know, but some some good soups are good, man. It
2: is when I Which used to go to Panera, I used to get here. soup a lot.
0: When you got sick, yeah, no, makes- when
2: I would go to Panera,
0: I would, oh, it. yeah, well, I mean, well, Panera, I've always called Panera like glorified cafeteria food. It's still fine, but it's it's cafeteria food. That's what it is. What Is cafeterias were you cafeteria eating
1: cafeteria food? You can make any meal in the cafeteria. <laughs> well
0: that? No, there are different levels to this. I wouldn't call. Any, I wouldn't call checks, which you might eat lunch
2: today. I wouldn't call that cafeteria House food. Panera made in what, a cafeteria. What slash, cafeterias were you eating in? Because Panera had pretty fine food. You talking about flatbread pizza? No, totally, no, it's
1: it's completely overrated.
0: I'm I'm telling you, I'm with you. It's it's pretty fine. You just said pretty fine Overpriced. food. I'm totally
2: with you. It's pretty fine. No, no, no. I said what type of cafeterias were you eating it? And I'm saying. And it's fine food as far as what you can get for. I'm never eating in any cafeterias. I don't know if you're talking about school cafeterias or what that had a lot of the items that they had. I mean, the bread bowl, uh, Soups. Br- the like bread, bread bowls are a little bit different, I guess. But but
0: oh, and if we're going to talk about goat cafeterias... That barbecue
2: chicken flatbread they used to have. I, I mean the,
0: the the um, yeah. Come on. If we're going to talk about goat cafeterias, then sh- big shout out to J and S and K and W. Big shout out because yeah, I brought up
2: Morrison's from back in the day. We talked uh, about that. We, 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 old bull. school Queen City Morrison's. Uh-huh. Slim 100.
0: I think we did get a lot of people writing into the text. Yeah line. yeah. That
2: mm-hmm. Morrison's was lit. I used to get that Salisbury steak.
0: Oh man, I want to go to J
2: and S get that chocolate pie too. There was nothing better to. <laughs> it all so, off and getting the chocolate. So, high. yeah, man. Um, uh, Man, that completely threw me off from where we from where we were. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I was just saying how that's just weird to me, how they're not letting the coach come in there and hire who they want. Because we saw this during the hiring process, that they were already talking to defensive coordinators and things of that nature before they even hired a coach. And we were questioning it then. Well, and and I didn't get the sense
0: that there was, you know, this big dispute. About who the defensive coordinator was going to be. But they said seemed-
2: Reich wanted like Gus Bradley or somebody like that. And Tepper and ownership wanted Marquand Manuel. And I need Tepper to- wants, I mean, um, Frank Reich wanted his guy.
0: Yeah. So let, we, we can get our research team on that because yeah. we pay well here. We got so many people running. Hey, John, yeah. can you go search that? Come, Come here, amuse me. All right, we got our research team on it. We're going to make sure we get that here in just a moment. Let's go to the next sound bite from David Tepper, though. He was asked about Steve Wilkes and uh, wow. whether he felt he met the standards that David Tepper had put forth during media availability after Matt Rule's firing.
2: Through, you know, the process we went to, like I said, had to do with how we having coaches in here and looking at the future. And that was the process we went through. Everybody, you know, presented who they
0: had and what they were thinking to help us win in the future. And we really made that decision based on that.
2: And Steve's opportunity and the job he did. Again, we are open to, you know, the best people we have in that process. And that's just what we did.
0: Yeah. Just not oh, okay. saying anything. Yeah. Just around that. And Scott Fitter, a lot more complimentary when, when, when Scott. And it's what we talked about, Wes. I mean, ultimately, this was going to be a decision made By David Tepper and fitter was going to give his input and David Tepper was going to have final say, which is fine. Like I, again, I'm not naive to the process of David Tepper being the owner of the franchise and ultimately having final say on big time decisions. I get that. Right. I understand Tepper wanting to have his hand in some of this, but there clearly can be limits as to what you feel comfortable with as a Panther fan, as a sports fan, with how, quote unquote, meddlesome your owner might be. And if he is the one driving this decision, then it might be a problem, especially if Scott Fitterer is having an answer for it, too, because Scott Fitterer gets asked this question and he says, you know, Scott or Steve Wilkes, everybody loved him. Right. Players loved him. We did. Can't say enough great things about Steve Wilkes you know, Frank Reich was just impressive in the interview process. And this is who we chose. And it's kind of what we talked about Fitterer hard spot because he wants to show love and grace to Wilkes. And we talked about this too. Seems like coaching candidates really like Scott Fitterer. Like he's a pretty agreeable dude. And if you don't agree with him, then it sounds like pretty good negotiations take place where everything is fine afterwards.
2: Yeah. And so I that quote just told us absolutely nothing. And I thought, it was telling too. That it sounded almost like he was getting defensive when he started talking about the good old boy Network, Oh yeah, big time like defense. That. Yeah, yeah. And so he wants to bring up all these other positions that they've been diverse with. But to me, it, it matters a little bit. But it's not the head coach. It's not the leader of your football team. And you mean to tell me with what he did with your football team? That's all you had to say about Steve Wilkes when they asked you about it? it was just like, oh well, uh, you know, we put the best people we thought was in the process, and that's it. Like really, you couldn't. You couldn't give the man more than that. So, uh, but we saw what they thought of him by the fact that he finished third to a guy that ended up getting an offensive coordinator job. He didn't even get hired as a head coach somewhere else. He was hired as an offensive coordinator. So, um, you know, that soundbite was just him saying a lot of nothing.
0: It was. We're not it was. surprised. It was. it was. I mean, there was not a whole lot of elaboration there. All right, finally, another thing I wanted to get to before we get to some Frank Reich sound, we can get to that a little bit later on, but Scott Fitterer talked about potentially trading up for a quarterback. I think you got to have conviction because if there's a guy in this class that you like, you got to go up and... Um You know, if you like him, go get him. You know, we're in a position now where we have defense, where we have, you know, an offensive line. We've built around this for this opportunity. So if you have conviction, go get him. If it's not, you don't want to force it. You don't want to take a player and pass on a really good player. That might set you back. But you can't be afraid to take a shot if you believe that's the guy. I've been critical of Carolina not addressing the quarterback position through the draft, really, the last couple of seasons. You drafted Ikiakuanu, finally, cool. Two years ago, I really wanted them to draft Justin Fields. And I don't really want to have the hindsight conversation, differing views. It appears that Chicago is going to go ahead with Justin Fields as their franchise QB and trade the number one overall pick. That, according to Albert Breer, we can get to that later on as well. But if you're just talking about the criticism, not taking a chance on a QB, if you weren't going to do that, What you needed to do was create an environment where a QB could thrive once you did take that shot. The offensive line is a lot better now, Wes. The receivers, there's still some work to be done. You attempted it with Terrace Marshall. Jury's still out. I like him. I don't know if he's going to be the opposite of DJ Moore. you took care of DJ Moore on a good contract. That is a good contract to have for a number one guy. And you've locked him in quite a bit. Love that move, regardless of how you feel about him being an all pro, whatever, good receiver, good contract, right? This is a better environment than what it used to be for a young QB. And if you were not going to take a shot on a signal caller, the last couple of seasons, I do think that you have made progress in that signal caller coming in and having success.
2: Yeah, he needs to... Um, <laughs> wow. Tell tell me how you really feel, Wes Brown. No, actually, man, I was thinking about when you said that, the first thought that came to mind was I heard a report uh, on a YouTube show this morning that I watched that's a Panthers-based YouTube show. It is very uncut. It's quite entertaining. Wow. Okay. But they were talking about how uh, a report was out that Frank Reich only liked quarterbacks that were 6'4 or taller. So I was trying to... Uh, Hunt that down as well, and so I thought that that was very interesting because with them talking about the C.J. Stroud deal, well, I don't think C.J. Stroud is six four, if I'm not mistaken. I think he's six three. But he's
0: taller something than something like essentially. If you're trying to apply that to the draft, it means Bryce Young is out, if you believe it right because everybody else is in Richardson CJ Stroud even if they're not 6-4 Stroud is is tall enough to kind of fit that bill is he not what do you got fitting
1: Well if we're going off a 6-4 uh height we're not drafting CJ Stroud we're not drafting Bryce Young we're not drafting Will Levis How tall is Will Levis He's 6-3 Okay but right
0: I, I I wonder. Hey, size matters. No, I, I'm with you. Yes, <laughs> I, I know that
1: very well. It's it's hilarious that oh, I said man,
0: I'm man, with you. God. As soon as you said that, you you coaxed me and you
1: made me. Tri- <laughs> I said I'm with you. Uh, Richardson though is six four, so he does fit the mold that Frank Reich wants, if that report is true. Right. So I mean, look, if if you buy into that,
0: then really all it cuts out is Bryce Young, because I can't imagine. This conversation is ridiculous. One inch One difference. One inch standing yep. in the way. Yep, you, you, yep. you exactly <laughs> knew exactly where I was going. So, you, yeah, you so that's where
2: I was at with it, man, talking about that. I was it's trying to hunt inches. down and, and bring us some good uh content for the show, man. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I do.
0: I do know what you're saying. Thank you for all of that. All right, we have some Frank Reich soundbite to get to a little bit later on in the show. Not before the first Fitty Flash of the day. What you got for us, Fitty? <laughs> <laughs> um...
1: On the ice last night, the Carolina Hurricanes overcame a 4-1 deficit to beat the Los Angeles Kings 5-4 in overtime. Wes, any analysis from last night's uh, come-from-behind win for the Kaniacs?
2: Well, I was trying to watch the game, but we had Hornets going on. We had Wake and Duke going on. I'm only one man, okay? So, but I did see uh, this morning the highlights on Sports Center, uh, and I was actually at the end of the show yesterday because, uh, you know, I had an early day. I was thinking about uh, grabbing some tickets, and I'm just rolling up there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we will be going to a game later this month for sure. But they called them the uh, the comeback Canes, man. Like I said, I looked at the score early, and I said, man, the Canes are getting beat down because it was four to one, and then I was like, man, they getting beat down. When came back and won. I mean, we gotta, you know, the Canes are legit. How about them, Cades? Stanley Cup
0: contender. Your excellent hockey analysis. From but hold on. West but I got Ryan. another piece for you, though. The Please worst part em.
2: about it is the fact that they're saying that the Boston Bruins are on track to have the best record and score the most points in a season in NHL history. And they have been a thorn in the Kane side. I have been uh, throwing things many a day during those Cades-Bruins series when they were sending the Kane's home i mean yeah, you that's like a, that don't you i, I love it mm-hmm. i don't like
0: it wes i love it mm-hmm. let's let's just give you nonstop yeah. non-stop
2: hockey so we, yeah so we have to be good in a year a uh, contender in a year that there's a team that is historically good all right more canes talk coming up next it's wes and walker <laughs> sports radio 92 7 wfnz Walker show sports radio 92.7 WFNZ got the crew all in here and it's one of my favorite times of the show when we go to the campus corner a lot happened last night my Demon Deeks and the Duke game had me a little bit upset yesterday when I predicted that victory uh I forgot that the Deeks had beaten them already, and normally my rule of thumb is when two teams play each other, two good teams play each other, they're going to split so more I'm, than likely.
0: I was trying to figure out how we you going to play this. So would you have rather admitted that you didn't know they played already, and then that's why you were wrong, or were you just going to take this L? But now you're saying, no, if I would have known, now I would have
2: gone there. Yeah, the yeah, direction. yeah, man, I forgot about that. But still, they came through and played played a pretty good game late. They just, the main thing with them, man, they, they couldn't rebound. Uh, with the Blue Devils, which I said was something that they had to be able to do. They had trouble on the boards. They couldn't get anything inside. Lively and Filipowski and those guys were uh, dominating the paint Anytime Wake tried to put it up. They shot terribly in the second half. They held them to 73 points, four below their average. They out-rebounded them 39-32, even though in the second half uh, they were pretty even. On the boards. Then they give up 21 points to Jeremy Roach, which really had me uh, upset because I don't think that highly of Jeremy Roach. So for them to give up that many points to him, Filipowski had his 11th double-double of the season, fifth in the last six games. Appleby came out, man. He, he played a really good game, 27 points, five rebounds, four assists. But it was just uh, Monsanto shot the ball poorly. And then, uh, like I said, Andrew Carter they didn't really get a lot when they needed it, but they did make that furious late run. They Um, did. Yeah.
0: I mean, that, that run was nuts. And, I mean, Appleby, it's unfortunate because he got to the foul line. He shot eight free throw attempts. And he missed the one that mattered. He hit seven of eight free throw attempts and then Lemon Booty sets in and then he misses the last one. It's a four point game. Duke comes back down. And I believe it's Filipowski that has the dagger of the three pointer that extends that lead. And Wake even had a crazy late, late run that eventually didn't matter. But I mean, even then the score got to be 75, 73, and it was just too much at that point. We brought up rebounding and the big guys possibly dominating for Duke. Are you buying Derek Lively stock right now, or are you still way against him, especially with the hype coming around
2: him? I mean, he's giving them, you know, defense and rebounding. He's had uh, 26 points in his last four games. His block percentage is through the roof, right? now. His block percentage is...
0: Washington? Yes, (laughs) it
2: is. Yeah, during the last four games, he's got 26 points, 28 rebounds, and 12 block shots. So, yeah, he's holding it down in the paint as far as rebounding and defense. But still, man, for a number one overall play in the country, and you can't give me double-digit points per game, no. I'm still out on this guy now as far as how he fits into the team. And in totality, he plays his role well defensively, but offensively, he's still a liability. He's only good for lobs or putbacks. And I need a little bit more than that when you're the number one uh, recruit in the country, man. And yeah, that that, that last play. But so I, I was looking at it again, and it was a pretty good screen by Filipowski. I felt like at the end, a little bit of the extension of the arms is what kind of threw me off because I was yelling at the TV last night. I got pretty furious about that. I thought that was an offensive foul. But when I looked at it, it was a decent screen. It was just a little bit of the extension of the arms uh, that made me feel like that. So that was my problem that had me in the group text a little bit upset.
0: Teddy, what are you thinking
2: over there?
1: I just wanted him to go off because he was going off in the group chat. I had the foul line ready to go, and he's just... Typical Wake Forest guy walking it back. Not at all.
2: No walk back. I just saw it because the contact made his arms fly out a little bit. And so that's what made it look like. Because at first I thought he just clocked him and just knocked him on the ground. And that's when I was fierce. I was like, you really not going to call that? So yeah, you know, Fitty, you know how I get down. I'm never scared to go to the foul.
0: Can, line. can, can we go to the group chat last night? I mean, yeah, I'm, yeah, let's I'm, go to it. Let's get, go. Get the dump button ready. I'm, I'm hoping I'm okay here. That was a hot damn offensive foul on Philipowski expletive expletive. Um, I'm not going to read that text message. <laughs> um, that was such a BS expletive Cameron call. I just went off in here. I swear I couldn't coach. <laughs> Those are the unfiltered thoughts. And the way that West texts, it's multiple send. It's bang, bang, bang,
2: thought, send, thought, send. And yeah. so that was quite the barrage yeah, of text man. messages. Yeah, so that was a pretty aggravating. And then, so tonight, though, we turn the page. Pitt, Carolina tonight. Duke Carolina Saturday, is this the week we decide what UNC is? I'll start first with Fiddy. Is this the week where you really get a read on your team with such big games coming up in the next two days?
1: It's not just this week. It's the whole month of February. They got a six-game gauntlet that includes Pitt, Duke, Virginia, NC State. We're going to find out if this team is an ACC title contender. And with Clemson losing an inexcusable game last night at Boston College, they're right there in the running to win the conference. Or are they just going to be a middle-of-the-road ACC team? We're going to find out, though, starting tonight. They owe Pitt. Pitt's won four out of the last five.
0: What record are we hoping for Carolina if you are one that wants them to be an ACC title slash national title contender with what they're supposed to do this month? Five and one. Only one loss? I feel that. Only one slip up. And if you do that, then I think you're all on board with North Carolina finally living up to it. Because, I mean, they've been playing a lot better for sure after what was a a bad stretch to begin then you had the loss to pittsburgh where they're they're like taking three steps forward maybe one step back and they're here and they're playing a lot better if they go five and one yeah man i think north carolina is, is off and rolling and you're playing very well when it matters most this
2: season yeah this should be a very entertaining game five of the top 11 individual scores in the acc will be out there tonight when you talk about baycott davis love Pittsburgh's Blake Henson, who was my king of the court this week on the ACCDN. Uh, check our uh, Instagram feed for that one. It's a pretty cool video I did. And Jamarius Burton. So this should be a star-studded affair when you talk about uh, guys that can put it in the bucket tonight. It should be a great game. And when we come back, we're gonna go to the land of the unknown. I see you. We're gonna talk conspiracy. conspiracy theories in the NFL and other sports as well. It's the Wes and Walker Show on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.